Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Sean has been sitting through a meeting with the investment community today for Johnson & Johnson, and we'll dive a little more into what he found out in that meeting. But first, what are we going to talk about today, Sean? Well, we'll talk about an innovative health monitoring wearable, a fundraising round for an up-and-comer in surgical robotics, a separate J&J story related to its hernia mesh lawsuit settlements, a first-of-its-kind FDA clearance for Exactech, and as you mentioned, some key takeaways from an investor event held by J&J that outlined the company's plans for growth. I'm excited to hear more about those key takeaways, but let's jump into some other news first. So Rockley Photonics has begun sampling its biosensing wearable. We're definitely seeing a lot more innovation sort of at the intersection of consumer wearables, medical technology, and this is another cool example of a wrist-worn band. What will this wearable measure? This device measures spectral data that offers insights into tissue composition and dynamics with real-time streaming of biomarkers, including body temperature and hydration. It also uses LED-based biomarkers to measure heart rate, heart rate variability, respiratory rate, and blood oxygen saturation. Interesting. What are some of the design components that go into this kind of wearable? Well, Rockley Photonics designed it with what it calls shortwave infrared or SWIR biosensing technology. And it uses the company's proprietary photonic integrated circuit or PIC chipset. So these enable several days of measurement and sort of their, their own innovative technology that creates this wearable that can sense all these biomarkers. How optimistic are executives about the future of this device? The company's chair and CEO, Dr. Andrew Rickman, said that the company is thrilled to, as he said, usher in the next generation of health monitoring. And he also added that the company will continue to look to expand its understanding of human health. So I think there's some more avenues down which it can go with this technology. Now let's talk robotics. EndoQuest has raised $42 million for its endoluminal robotic technology. It looks to progress what it believes is a totally unique surgical robot. What will the funds from this funding round go toward? The company wants to use the funds to fuel the advancement of its flexible endoluminal robot for minimally invasive procedures, and it expects the money to help drive key initiatives like R&D, regulatory milestones, and commercialization. Makes sense. And what is EndoQuest's platform? So it's a system that the company says offers precision and flexibility while addressing unmet needs in gastrointestinal and other endoluminal surgeries. It's proprietary technology that navigates and performs procedures within the body's luminal spaces, allowing for minimally invasive interventions. So $42 million is no small amount of money, and this seems like an exciting time for the company. Definitely. Kurt Azerbarzin, the CEO of EndoQuest, said that the financing enables the company to continue innovating and refining its technology, ultimately improving patient care and transforming the future of endoluminal interventions. And now we have some medtech legal news. That's right. Johnson & Johnson's Ethicon settled the remaining physio mesh suits relating to its hernia mesh technology. It's quite a few settlements made by the medtech giant. How many cases has J&J been dealing with with this physio mesh lawsuits? Well, in total, the settlements came to 224 cases in this instance. And what did the judge in this case decide? The judge in Northern Georgia agreed to dismiss the cases with prejudice at the request of lawyers for both sides. 
after the lawyers informed him that they had compromised and settled all claims. What was Ethicon's response? An Ethicon spokesperson said that while the company empathizes with any patients who experience medical complications from surgery, the company believes it acted appropriately and responsibly in the research, development, and marketing of its hernia mesh products, which have been used to care for millions of patients around the world for more than 50 years. Settlement is not an admission of liability or wrongdoing and was agreed to the best interests of all parties to avoid a prolonged legal process and allow the company to continue focusing on helping patients, including those requiring hernia treatment. And now let's talk orthopedics. Yeah, Exact Tech won FDA clearance for a new ankle surgery navigation system. It's a first of its kind platform. What did the company design the system for? The company designed the Exactech GPS ankle to improve surgical precision in total ankle arthroplasty. It connects the preoperative plan with real-time intraoperative instrument guidance, confirming that resections meet the surgical plan. What has some of the bench testing of the system really shown? Well, bench testing found an accuracy of two millimeters and two degrees relative to the CT-based surgical plan, and the company actually later confirmed this with two studies performed on sawbones. What do doctors think about the system? Dr. Edward Haupt of the Mayo Clinic in Florida said, I'm already a fan of Xactex patient-specific instrumentation solution, and I'm thrilled at how GPS Ankle provides intraoperative flexibility at my fingertips. The ability to quantify soft tissue laxity will be a game changer for me and my patients. And now what's the last bit of news that we have? The last bit is Johnson Johnson MedTech says that new products will fuel growth. So I listened in on J&J's investor event today, plenty of intriguing discussion around how the company is moving forward, including some of its future outlook and forecast for the next few years, where the company says that in just a few years, new products will make up a third of its total revenues. And so Johnson & Johnson has been in the news a lot recently with their rebrand and then Ashley McAvoy announcing her surprising resignation as the EVP and head of the medical devices group. What are J&J's views of where it currently stands in the medtech market? Well, there's quite a lot to dive into, and obviously the article tries to cover it at length. But to put it succinctly, the company believes it's set to lead the next wave of healthcare innovation. And it set forth a goal of establishing itself as the number one or number two player in every market it enters. And so, as I just mentioned, McAvoy surprisingly exited. And then Tim Schmidt was appointed as the EVP and head of that medical devices group. What does he see for the future of the medtech company? Yeah, well, like you said, it was obviously very surprising when McAvoy left uh, just over a month ago, really. And Schmidt, he even said on the call, He's only been in there for 30 days, so it's just been a lot of sort of getting settled in. And this was the first time an analyst mentioned on the call that this was the first time he had addressed them. So basically, he feels the company's uniquely positioned to meet growing demand for advanced, innovative, and personalized healthcare, and is committed to build further on J&J's progress to continue to advance the company's impact and competitiveness. He uh, couldn't really elaborate much on some of his plans because nothing's really concrete. As I said, he's only been there for about a month, a little over that, but still an interesting time for for a new leader to be at Johnson & Johnson. And I know you just said that he can't really speak to too much that might be going on, but what does he think will drive value for the company in the future? Yeah, certainly specifics weren't totally laid out, but he did single out three key value drivers. 
He believes the company has to advance its differentiated pipeline, shift its portfolio to high growth markets, and build operational resilience across its portfolio. Probably considered very basic tasks, but obviously they're, they're things that the company really wants to focus on. I won't go into too much detail on each driver, and you can obviously read about them in the article. But you know, the Atava Surgical Robot, which is also covered in the article, is an example of that pipeline that the company is advancing. Schmidt singled out growth outside the U.S. for those high growth markets, particularly in China and Japan, which I found interesting because that's also something Boston Scientific was looking to do, particularly in China. So the Asian market is certainly a target for some of these big med tech companies. And for operational resilience, he cited supply chain management and digitization as key factors. So a lot more to come there. But yeah, a lot of interesting stuff from the new head of J&J MedTech. There's just so much in that article that we haven't had the chance to cover. It, I wish there was more time that we could do that. I mean, as you mentioned, Otava is a huge deal for the company and they just acquired a left atrial appendage device maker. That's on top of Abiomed's acquisition. So there's a lot going on at J&J that I, I wish we could dive into a little more. But that was the final story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us all of your insights. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch. K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Thank you.